This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is not only one of the great coaches in the game, but also one of the best individuals you'll meet anywhere on the planet, and that's Brian Jacobs. Let me remind you about Brian's background. He earned his undergraduate and master's degree of education at NYU. 2006, he became a PGA Assistant Director of Instruction at Ravenwood Golf Club up in Rochester, New York, simultaneously becoming a staff instructor for Hank Haney Golf. In 2010, he became the Director of Golf Instruction at a Hank Haney certified and a Hank Haney certified instructor at the Iran Dequois Country Club up in Rochester. 2014, he became a lead instructor on the Golf Channel's Golf Academy. 2015, he started the Brian Jacobs Golf Academy at Ridgemont Country Club, also up in Rochester. Last year, he was named the Western New York Teacher of the Year. He's also a big Bills fan and has become a wonderful friend of the show here over the last few years, and I'm excited that he is back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Brian, thanks for coming back on the show. How are you, my friend? Chris, thank you so much. I'm doing awesome. How about you? Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Even better now that you're on the show, my friend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, we got to start things off, right? We got to talk a little bit about your Bills. I think they got Absolutely. the best quarterback in the draft in Josh Allen. I know he's got some work to do on his accuracy, but as a 6'5, 235 pound, or 230 pound quarterback with a great arm, you got to be happy you got him. Super happy. I was actually at the draft party and, and, uh, um, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, you heard a few murmurs in the crowd, you know, they wanted the other Josh, but, uh, I was thrilled, uh, that they got Josh Allen. I mean, he is a big dude, big dude. And, and, uh, he's excited about being there. And, and uh, it's really cool. I teach quite a few of the staff members too, and they're excited to have him there and, um, they're happy to work with him. So I'm, I'm excited about the future for him. So what do you expect going into week one? Do you think he, he gets the starting nod right away, or A.J. McCarron, the, you know, who you brought over from the Bengals as a, as a free agent, do you think it goes his way? You know, A.J. McCarron was another guy that, that uh, I thought a number of years ago the Bills should have really taken a hard look at when they needed a quarterback. And uh, I think A.J. McCarron probably will start the season. I still I like Nathan Peterman a lot, so I think there's going to be – uh, some great competition in camp, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if Nathan Peterman actually started the season. Um, I like what Sean McDermott's doing and Brandon Bean also, that the guys, you know, they got to earn things. So um, I just think it's an open competition, even though Josh Allen was a, a high draft pick, and, and um, they'll probably let the chips kind of fall the way they go. And and uh, I, I don't know, I'm pulling for Nathan Peterman. I like A.J. McCarron, and, and I like Josh Allen, too, so I think it's going to be fantastic competition, which is all you can ask for. How do you feel about your situation at wide receiver? Can uh, Kelvin Benjamin and maybe a guy like Zay Jones be the guys this year? I think so. I think they can, actually. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Kelvin Benjamin in person, but he is a mammoth human being. I mean, he is a large man. Um, I couldn't believe that he's a receiver and he moves as well as he does. Um, and I think Zay Jones, you know, he got a little more confidence last year and, and started, they started getting him the ball a little bit more. So I think the sky's the limit for him as well. But I think they're, 
receiver core, I think it's going to be very, very good. Um, they drafted uh, Rick, uh, Ricky Prohl's son also late in the draft, and so he's got a good bloodline. So it'll be interesting to see how he does as well. All right, Brian. Let's let's talk a little golf. And first, yeah. you know, I want to talk about your show. You have your own show now called The Takeaway, which you film yeah. live every Tuesdays at at two o'clock Eastern time on uh, Facebook Live. Talk about what you do on your show. Well, we we are basically a Golf Channel supported um, program, which is great. They actually helped name it and and uh, help me promote a little bit. Uh, so I want to give them a shout out. And then every week we I take a look at questions that come in from the viewers, um, and then try to pick something out that's intriguing. We're still trying to find the sweet spot. Um, we shot indoors, starting obviously in February. Um, and we're getting viewership. Uh, last week we had a little over 450 viewers, which um, is quite a few, actually, for Facebook Live at, at 2 p.m. So we've either got a lot of people slacking off at work or, um, <laughs> you know, we've got a lot of a lot of avid golfers or maybe both. Um, today we shot outdoors for the first time, and it was windy. It was about 30 miles per hour today and just beautiful outside, so we, we needed to get outdoors. But Probably continuing, we'll, we'll continue with uh, viewer questions, uh, answering questions, and then we'll probably move back indoors for uh, sound quality. And then each each month, um, I have my mental conditioning coach on. Um, he's been great, Dr. Steven Gonzalez, um, and he is fantastic. And we talk about the mental game once a month. Um, so it's it's been great. We've been having a good time, and, and – uh, I've been using some interns from a local university. Uh, there are sports management um, majors that are getting ready to graduate, and they've had a ball learning about how to shoot and what angles to shoot at and how heavy to breathe and, you know, all that fun stuff. So earlier today on the show, you talked about a, a spring tune-up. So what should yeah. we be doing if we're just now starting to, you know, be able to dust off the clubs like up in your neck of the woods where we're just now yeah. being able to get out on the golf course and get back out on the range? What do we need to, need to do to get ourselves ready for a new golf season? Well, I, I think it's like anything else. Number one, you got to wake your body up a little bit. Um, you know, traditionally people up here will sit around, uh, you know, lay on the couch. Some people are active, you know, they'll ski or – we, we try to encourage people to come in at least once a month and then try to get involved in some type of regular fitness program, some functional movement, maybe yoga, um, Pilates, something that's going to keep them flexible and limber. And if they're not going to do that, then when they do jump back into the game, we'd like to see them go heavy on the stretching, you know, at the very beginning and just kind of tee the ball up and get their alignment situated and not be, you know, too hard on themselves uh, uh, we find, you know, a lot of people are standing on the range with a lot of head shaking, you know, at the beginning of the year. And some people are saying, well, where did the winter go? And, you know, it's spring already and I can't hit it. I can't move. And and so it takes a little bit of time for them to limber up. And, and then uh, the other thing, too, is we try to get people to do is work on impact. Um, number one, you know, whenever you're playing golf is if the club face isn't where you want it, fix it. So we had had a drill on today. It's just real simple. You just set two rods maybe six or ten inches apart, about five yards away, and just try to drill balls through it and just work on ground contact, low point of your swing and impact. And that's kind of a fun way to get yourself um, resituated. 
we'll do some stuff too where um, we'll have them hit balls with their feet together, hit on their trail leg only, their lead leg only, um, have their eyes closed and hit balls and, and just try to wake up their proprioception a little bit and, and get their bearings straight. And then they're kind of ready to play, which is which is good. And most people up here, you know, they want to just go right out and shoot even par. You know, the first time they go out and it's wet and it's windy and it's cold and then it's hot. And and so um, we're just trying to get them to wake the bodies up a little bit and, and take some time to ease into it a little bit. And you talk about some of the drills that you've got, uh, and you've got some great videos out on your website, BrianJacobsGolf.com. Oh, and, and one of the ones that I was taking a look at, speaking of, you know, warming up in some of these drills, was the feet together piece. Talk about how that helps mm-hmm. us, you know, reestablish uh, uh, the balance that we need in our swings. Right. Well, our, our body has um, a GPS system, if you will, you know, in it, and we need to have proprioception for balance to be able to, move and walk and, and most people are um, avid on one side of their body and they're weak on the other. So we might do overspeed training with them where they're having their feet together, swinging as fast as they can. And then we'll have them do three or four right-handed, three or four left-handed swings to create balance. Then we'll have them come back um, and we'll set a target at a hundred yards and we'll give them an eight iron and say, okay, we're going to do a point system now where, it's target oriented. Eight iron obviously is going to go way farther than a hundred yards. So they need to, to uh, figure out how to use the club face, how to hit the club face square, um, as well as control their speed, as well as control impact. So it, it kind of alerts them a little different way than just going right into hitting golf balls. Um, and we work really hard at gaming, um, at the academy. So we like to have people do randomized practice where they're hitting shots all over the place on purpose, and then they'll hit one square. So this is just kind of a lead into that. It's a tempo-building, balance-building um, type of activity. And, Brian, at, at your academy, and you've got a, a, a class coming up on May 21st that's something that would be perfect for me, which is breaking 85. I've, I've sort of been stuck yeah. in the 80 to 85 range for years. Mm-hmm. Talk about what that program is and, and what I and, and people that are stuck in the same range with me, what do we need to do to kind of get now to whether that's breaking 80 or to the next, you know, level that we're trying to get to? Sure. We need, we need three things, basically. Uh, as part of the program, we do an assessment. So we find out whether they can curve the ball, impact, ground contact, how their body moves. We spend some time in, in group practice and we teach people how to practice. Um, and everybody's a little bit different because you're a slicer. Um, you're all kind of in the same support group, but there's varying degrees of how much the ball curves. So some people might swing the path of the club, you know, uh, 20 degrees out to in while I might swing it only one. So or one or two. So the fix is a little bit different for, for me than it would be for the other student. Um, the other thing we do is we want people to play. So a big part of that program is getting people out on the golf course and teaching them how to play, teaching them how to control their emotions, uh, how to use adrenaline, you know, properly, and um, how we can get dopamine in their brain. So it's how to make themselves happy. And so we use a process uh, that I learned from um, uh, Lynn Marriott and Tia Nielsen from Vision 54, where we use a play box. We use a think box, play box, memory box. 
and we get them into that process so that they're just kind of going point A to point B in a happy way. Um, and we've got some great stories. I've got a gentleman that I work with now that when he started with me, he would shoot 145, 150. And uh, last week he shot 103. So he's on the on the cusp of breaking 100, and he'll drop like a lead balloon. He'll drop through the 90s and into the 80s pretty quick. Um, so we want to teach people how to play, how to practice, how to make their practice valuable, um, and most importantly, have fun. And and as they're doing that, get into a process. So uh, most of the times, the people aren't committed into practice they don't know what they're doing they look online and they see a tip yeah i'll do that one today and then tomorrow it's different so the assessment that we do is professionally done so they know for a fact that this is what's happening this is why and this is how we need to correct it and it and it basically just shaves strokes off very very quickly so we guarantee they'll shoot 85 or under they'll break it and Brian, another video you have teaches us how to get more spin on our wedge shots. Talk about how shaft lean can help us get more or less loft on our pitch shots, say from 30 yards in. Sure. Uh, we do, we work on uh, Club 101 with the students, so we'll show them what dig and bounce is. Uh, and then we'll teach them um, when you shallow out your swing a little bit more, you can create a little bit more spin. Uh, so we'll take them through a number of different shots, different heights. Um, we have, we assess lies with them. So, uh, someone will be right next to the green in deep rough. Um, you know, they'll have a short pin. You know, we'll talk to them about spin on the golf ball. It's going to be really tough to spin it out of the rough when you get a lot of grass between the golf ball and the club face. So when you're on a little cleaner lie, um, you'll be able to use the bounce a little bit more. And spin basically comes from precise contact on the golf ball. Um, and as you know, many people don't make precise contact on the golf ball. They don't make it with the bounce. Typically make it with the dig. Uh, they'll have the shaft leaning too far forward. Um, and the loft of their wedge or the launch of their wedge will be too low. So we have a little device from Ted Shuftick where um, we try to get wedge shots between 27 degrees and 30 degrees, um, their launch so that they can spin it properly. And we have a little gate that they can hit balls under and, and they'll spin every single time when they get the launch properly. So it's, it's kind of cool. We, we spend a lot of time, like I said before, with gaming, um, and trying to create feel for people. And then if they need, you know, to know we have TrackMan so we can show them you know, scientifically that this is what you're doing. Um, and they love it. It's been fantastic. So hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about putting, Brian. And one of the things I think sure. most of us struggle with is controlling the distance on a, on a lag putt. What's a good way for us to develop feel for distance on those lag putts so we're not either leaving the ball way short or we're blowing it past the hole? That's a great question. Um, you know, we find that people don't work on putting very much, but they three-putt a lot. Um, so part of our plans that we build for students is no three-putts, zero three-putts. Uh, Hank Haney was big on that. If you ever listen to his show, 
you know, the best way to eliminate high scores is no penalties, no three putts, um, you know, no doubles. And, you know, obviously being higher handicapped, sometimes uh, people make doubles because they don't hit a lot of greens. Um, but if we can get people near the green, get them on the green, and then uh, have them putt well, if we can keep them around 30 putts, they're going to be great. But lag putting is, is really an art. It's Part of it is green reading. And part of it is just being able to understand the speed, you know, downhill, uphill. Uh, you can you can uh, talk to people, and they might be have a straight downhill, you know, left to right putt, and they're not able to read it. So we might talk to them and say, hey, if we took a huge vat of water and we dumped it here, you know, where would the water all go to? You know, and they'll say, oh, it's going to go that way. Okay, well, that's green reading. Um, part of it's with your feet. Um, one of the drills that we do is just a little ladder drill. You hit a putt three feet, and then every putt that you hit has to go past it, you know, by a foot. And you try to get people to get a sense of And then what you'll do is once they get out to 15 feet or 20 feet, you have them work their way back, and you just keep going back and forth. Um, and that's probably one of the best ways to uh, get people to learn how to lag. Um, when they're kids, the only thing they have in their mind is making it. With adults, they get a little more, you know, like you and I, for some reason, we we can't let it go. And so we'll be four feet short, you know, on a 20-foot putt. And then as we're walking up, we're like, ah, we're angry. And we're like, oh, my gosh, I can't can't get it to go in the hole or get anywhere near the hole. Um, you know, I've heard a long time ago, too, the best way to make somebody a better lag putter is to hit it closer, you know, to the hole. But the reality <laughs> of, you know. The reality of the situation is from, you know, 100, 110 yards or 120 yards, most amateurs are going to hit it about 20 feet. So they've got to be, they've got to be better putters. So we need to work at it a little bit more. Um, the other thing you can do too is, is, is take your putter, set your putter head in the center of the hole and, and measure out. And then right at the start of your grip, just put a T and do that all the way around the hole. Um, and make a make a grid or a box, put into that, and it's about 17 inches, you know. And most of us can make a 17 inch putt. We'll make nine out of ten. A tour player will make ten out of ten. Uh, we get it past the hole too, because if you don't go past, it can't go in. So it's uh, a little bit of green reading. I would say the ladder drill, and then the grid. That grid drill would be great. Brian, talk also about putter grip, right? Grip pressure. Mm. I know, uh, you know, a lot of players, you know, we, we get the, you know, we you know, choke, you know, we're choking the grip right. on the putter thinking right. it's going to help us keep, you know, the, our stroke in line and that sort of thing. How hard should we right. be gripping the putter? Um, that's a great question. I think 10, as hard as you can squeeze it is 10. And as soft as you can squeeze it is one. And I would have people around a four you know, a three or a four, you know, we often hear, you know, I'll hold it like a bird. Well, not many people have held a bird. If you're talking to kids now, you would say, you know, hold it like a, a joystick you know, on a computer. But, um, you know, they, we would uh, actually like to see their grip pressure be a little bit lighter, but we don't want it to, to hinge in their hands either. So a lot of times I'll just shake hands with people and, you know, they'll grip really hard and I'll say, well, can you feel my hand? Yeah, that's the grip pressure that we would want uh, on there. You, you know, you want to be free. You don't want to have a lot of tension in your in your stroke. 
And I know people are worried about path and they're worried about face angle. And, and the big thing for us is can you get the, get the ball to start on mine, um, regardless of what your stroke looks like. You know, I've seen really great putters put out to in. I've seen them putt into out. I've seen them, you know, have shaft lean forward, shaft lean back. I mean, there are some generalities that would, would help, you know, in those situations. But I think putting, you know, the more I, I teach and the more I learn, uh, putting gets to be pretty personal on how they move, you know, even with the length of a putter. Um, you know, 35-inch putter, the only reason the putters are that long is so that they don't fall into your bag. Um, if you if you look out on tour, most of the putter lengths are 33 and a half, 34, 34 and a quarter, you know. But yet, OEM companies make them 35. They make them longer. Um, so everybody walks in the shop, they get a 35 inch putter, and the putter could be too flat for them, or it could be because of the way they set up, the putter could be too upright. So I, I'd recommend people too to not just go to the big box stores and and hit putts, you know, on the platform and then buy it, um, go to someone, you know, like myself and get fit, you know, for your putter. You do everything else that way. So and we do a lot of fittings, a lot of putter bending. Um, I just talked to the gentleman the other day about it. He said, I can't make anything. Well, where are you hitting it? Well, I'm hitting it on the toe. Well, let's take a look at it. And this putter was, you know, four degrees upright you know, for him. So we needed to bend it down, you know, to get it flatter. And it was amazing. He could keep the ball online. And I said, well, you spent a lot of money on that putter. Wouldn't you want it to fit you properly? And he's like, oh, I thought we just bought him. I didn't know, <laughs> you know, so so that might be another good good tool too for people why they don't make putts is their putter or their equipment doesn't fit them. Brian, uh, a couple more before we let you go. And, and one, sure. let our listeners know, what are all the different things that you have coming up that uh, they could benefit from, whether they're uh, in your neck of the woods up in western New York or uh, have the opportunity to check you out online? Sure. We have uh, the takeaways every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Um, in May, we have a couple of programs that are coming up. One is called No More Slice. Um, and it's three sessions and we call it our 90 for 90 series or 99 for 99. Um, they're basically 90 minute sessions with groups. We, we do a one in six, uh, for instructors. We're doing another, <clears throat> excuse me, another group called Wedge Wonderful. Uh, we want to turn people into wedge, wedge masters or wedge assassins. Um, both of them are very, very, uh, well attended. Uh, Break 85 program, which is, of course, another group. And then uh, my most popular program is uh, something called Project 1010, where we do 10 90-minute sessions, so 30 in a skill area, and then uh, um, another uh, 60 minutes out on the golf course. Uh, we're trying to reschedule my good friend, Michael Breed. Um, he was supposed to come a couple weeks ago, and we just couldn't connect um, and get enough people to come in. So we're looking at the 21st of September. Uh, so he'll come in and he'll spend the day. Um, we'll do clinics all day long for patrons that are coming in and, and, uh, we're raising money for, uh, Western New York PGA Hope, which, which, uh, benefits our veterans in our area. Uh, so we use golf to help them assimilate back into their communities and, and sometimes give them a purpose to get up in the morning and say, Oh my gosh, I got, I got golf today. This is going to be great. 
So it kind of gives them a chance to break away from what they're going through a little bit. So we got a lot going on. And then I'll be doing some traveling. Uh, see, I'll be in New York City uh, later in this month. And then uh, I'll be in Colorado and Indiana and then home for a little while. And we'll see wherever the wind takes me from there. So, Brian, let it, let our listeners know. How can they follow you, whether it's online and then also on social media as well? Sure. Social media is at Brian Jacobs Golf. And then uh, they can come to BrianJacobsGolf.com. And if they have questions, um, just go right through the contact form. I'll answer anything they send. If they want to send video, there's no charge for it. I'm happy to connect with them. And and uh, if they can visit Rochester, come on up and, and look me up. We've got a great academy. And, and this show is very helpful, Chris. I appreciate it. Um, getting the word out a little bit more to your to your listeners. I, I really appreciate that. Oh, it's, it's always such a pleasure, Brian, getting to spend some time with you and uh, having you as part of the show. I hope you'll come back and do it again real soon, share more of your, your lessons, your insights, and uh, the stories with us, because you're fantastic, my friend. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. And uh, anytime you need me, I'm on. I appreciate that very much. Take care, Brian. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Okay, Chris. Thanks so much. And Hope your Steelers play great, and uh, hopefully the Bills and the Steelers uh, meet in the AFC Championship. There you go. I'd love to see that happen from your lips to God's ears. Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon, my Uh, good man. All right. See you, Brian. You got it. That's the great Brian Jacobs. You see why I like him so much? I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, all the great stuff that he's doing, you know, first of all, uh, in, in, you know, lessons and that sort of thing. But I love the enthusiasm in his voice. He's always so positive and he's got so many great, uh, videos out there available. And then he, on top of that, he'll let you send your video in of, of your swing and, and give you some analysis. It's fantastic stuff. Look, look forward to getting Brian back on the show again real soon. All right, before we close up shop, you know we always like to give you a reminder about our good friend and PGA Tour Pro Jim Estes and the great things that they are doing at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear a word from Jim. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S. If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. There you go, folks. They're doing amazing things there at the Salute Military Golf Association. To find out more information and to see how you can get involved, go online to smga.org. All right, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks again 
to Tony Jacklin and Brian Jacobs for joining me this week. I hope you all enjoyed this show. Like I say every week, please give me your thoughts. Go online to our Facebook page, Next on the Tea with Chris Mascaro. Share your feedback there. Plus, if you have a question for one of our future guests or someone who's you know joined us on the show here in the not too distant past, please let me know. Get the, I'll get that question uh, you know on the uh, on the show for you and get them to answer it for you as well. So please check us out again on our Facebook page, Next on the Tea with Chris Mascaro. Please also check out our website, nextonthetea.net, to see who some of our future guests are going to be. Plus, you can stream or download some of our archive episodes right from our website as well. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio. That show, like this one, also available as a free podcast on iHeartRadio and over on Podbean. And we can't thank our good friends on Podbean enough for featuring both shows at different times throughout the year. You can find Thursday Night Tailgate in the football fan section. Next on the T, right there on the mobile app. It's been on the uh, on their homepage, right there on the mobile app at different times throughout the year. Can't thank them enough for all the support that they have given us. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends who come on, share their stories from their playing days, plus give us our insights into what's going on around the league now. Plus, we also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. Again, you can find that show online on our website, ThursdayNightTailgate.com, this show next on the T.net. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to this show today. We really appreciate the fact that you are making this show one of the podcasts or one of the shows that you are streaming. We appreciate you so very much. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories Join us the same time every Tuesday to hear more stories about the game we love from people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great